This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Happy Wednesday, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. Dr. Sheila Nazarian is an award-winning plastic surgeon and professor that specializes in cosmetic, reconstructive, and non-invasive procedures. She is also the Emmy-nominated star of Netflix's Skin Decision, Before and After. Dr. Nazarian's Beverly Hills Medical Spa, Spa 26, is a haven for top-tier non-invasive procedures. So today, I'm excited to talk about her non-invasive laser offerings. Lasers can tighten, lift, and regenerate the skin, as well as remove hair and tattoos. You will be blown away by all of this technology. This is the secret to laser facials. Well, I have to say, I couldn't wait for you to get here today because I am so very excited, just as I just said, about this entire topic. You have so much to offer our listeners today. I'm really very happy that you're here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to educate everyone on what is working, what isn't working, what has come and gone, what has stand at the test of time. Oh, I love that. I'm already just thrilled to hear everything you have to say. So let's get started at the beginning. You immigrated here from Iran. Is that right? And can you tell us that story? Yeah, sure. So um, I was the second child. My sister's six years older than me. And my family decided, you know, we want an anchor baby. My mom came to New York when she was nine months pregnant, had got, got her U.S. citizen. We went back to Iran. That was 1979. And the revolution was in full swing. Um, and we're Jewish. So while there was a lot of, um, you know, outward and inward uh, racism, basically, against Jews in Iran, they wouldn't let you leave. So they're like, we don't like you, but you, and, you have, and you can't go anywhere. So uh, the Iran-Iraq war happened. There was bombs flying all over. We would run to the windows. And literally, my parents were like, it's fireworks. Let's watch the fireworks. Um, and they just saw what was happening to women in Iran, as everyone the world is seeing right now. And they were like, this is no place for our two daughters to grow up. My father was the chief medical officer of the Shah's Heart Hospital, and he had actually saved the eyesight of one of his lab techs. And so the lab tech was part of the revolution. He said, you know what? You saved my eyesight. I'm going to save your life. You're on the list. You need to leave. So my father left almost immediately, went to Vienna, stayed with one of his professor friends that he knew, um, left my mom, my sister, and my passport with the government, um, saying he's just going to a medical conference. He'll be right back. And he waited there, worked on getting us visas while we worked with smugglers to make it um, on the back of a pickup truck <gasps> through the desert into Pakistan. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how old were you? I was six and a half. By the time we made it to the States, I was seven. My sister was uh, 13. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh we, you know, we're so grateful to be here, <laughs> to I say the least. I bet you are. I'm yeah. so thankful you're here too as mm -hmm. well, safe and sound. Mm-hmm. That is oh, so scary, I must say. Uh, yeah, so you know, it's scary. I'm just so grateful. And being the age that my parents were when they did this, leaving everything behind, all of, you know, the hard work, the everything, the, our house, moving to a country with, you know, very little understanding of the language just to give their daughters a chance. Oh, God I just, them. can you imagine? No, yeah. I cannot imagine. You and your family are so strong. That story must impact the way you live every single day. You know, I think that it makes me want to burn the candle at both ends. And you really understand the opportunities that you've been given in this country, that you can succeed regardless of religion, gender. You know, I've never really felt like anything held me back. If anything, I think people told me, oh, your skin color will hold you back or your religion will hold you back or your gender will hold you back. I found it as a differentiator uh -huh. that I use to say, I'm a woman, I understand you, come to me. Or I have, you know, like pigmented skin. I understand pigmented skin, which helps a lot with lasers. Uh -huh. That's why I have 30 lasers. <laughs> <gasps> really? So I have something for everyone. And um, 
I usually just either test it out on myself or one of my staff members and we decide if we like that laser, we want to keep it or if we want to send it back. Wow. Can we just go back to your story that mm-hmm. you just told? I'm overwhelmed by it, actually. Mm. There's so, so much, Robin. I, I'm so <laughs> We've scratched the surface. <laughs> I'm so impressed with your father and your mother and your sister and you and the strength and uh, just everything that you had to go through. And then you, you're sitting here with us today and you've accomplished so much. I just have to say congratulations. And I'm, I'm humbled. I'm in awe of everything that, that you've already told us. And, and I, I can't wait to hear it, but I, I'm very impressed. Thank you so much. I just think, you know, as we were discussing a little bit before we started, every woman is so much more than, you know, just a plastic surgeon uh-huh. or just a mom. Mm-hmm. We all are multiple, multifaceted, multiple interest human beings. And so I think everything that I've accomplished, whether it's like our skincare e-commerce site, my skincare line, the show, my nonprofit, the spa, plastic surgery. It's because all of, or being a mom even, you know, being a wife, all of those things fulfill us in different ways. And everybody's like, you know, what's your favorite part? And I'm like, I don't think each part would be enough for me. I would be burned out if I was just in the operating room all the time. I would probably be a little burnt out if I was just home with the kids all the time. Me personally, I think that's the toughest job to be honest with you. Uh, But you know, I think all of these things make me a happy person mm-hmm. and a better giver of whatever it is. To, I, I can give more to my kids. Mm-hmm. I can give more to my patients because I'm happy. Mm-hmm. At what age were you when you knew that this is what you would be doing today? Yeah. So um, I actually did wood shop in the fourth grade. Uh, and I was, I think I was the only girl in the class. I almost dropped out because I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with all these boys? Uh, I really liked drawing a blueprint of what I was going to build. I liked how accurate the drawings had to be. Mm -hmm. And I really liked building it. Mm -hmm. And so originally I thought, okay, maybe I'm going to be an architect. Um, Then my my mother got ill with breast cancer and she actually passed away um, when I was 13. Oh, I'm sorry. And so um, I really liked, my father was a physician, obviously. And I said, you know what? Maybe I'll be an orthopedic surgeon because that's being a physician. It's helping people, but I still get hammers and nails and I get to build things. So I started following an orthopedic surgeon around in college um, in New York. And I spent seven months with him and I was like, you know what? It's very cookie cutter. I need something a little bit more creative. Um, When I was younger, I used to build stuff with paper bags and tape. And my mom would call me, which means the expert in useless things. So I was always very crafty. And she's like, go throw a ball around. What are you doing? Um, And so when orthopedics wasn't really looking like it was for me, one of my friends said, why don't you look into plastic surgery? It's creative. You get to build, you get to design. And so they introduced me to my mentor um, and I never looked back. It was the perfect fit for me. And I even say if I was not accepted as a plastic surgeon, I probably would go into like the business of medicine or Mm -hmm. I would go into something else because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really just in in the mm-hmm. realm of medicine I only wanted to become a plastic surgeon mm. one more question <laughs> about your journey here to the United States at the age of six and how that happened uh, do you think that because at six years old I believe we can all remember that mm-hmm. age all of our life did you have a knowing then that Whatever you did, you would excel at it because... Not at all. Oh, really? Okay, good. I'm so glad I asked that. You know, I I went through that whole imposter syndrome. Um, I think when I was in the fourth grade, I got accepted into Gate, you know, Gifted and Talented Education. And I was like, they're going to figure me out. They're going to say it was a mistake and they're going to send me back. Um, or I got accepted to Harvard Westlake and I was like, yeah. oh my God, this can't be real. Uh-huh. Um, I was, I was always that person that would only remember the questions that I didn't know uh-huh. it. And I would think I failed every test, but oh, then you get an A, yes, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> so that was my personality. My mom was always the person that was like, you're so smart. You're so beautiful. Meanwhile, uh-huh. I was so skinny. I had a mustache. My parents oh. wouldn't let me shave my legs because that meant you were being promiscuous. Or oh, something. Yes. So yes. I was totally a nerd, I think, all the way up into college. Uh-huh. College is when I, um, which I actually really appreciate and wish yeah. for the same things for my teenagers. Um, because I think you can watch, I always say you're watching the circus from the nosebleed section. I yeah. want them to have their friends doing all of that stuff. Yes. They can learn from their friends' mistakes. And then when yeah. they have the 
aptitude and the maturity to actually process and know who they are, then they can venture into the circus. Oh, I totally get that. I had three older sisters and I believe that made such a difference on who I am today. Mm -hmm. I got to watch them make their mistakes and experiment and they even experimented some on me. And so, (laughs) but yes, I, I do believe that makes a big difference. Okay. So you specialize in both cosmetic surgery and non-surgical treatments. Yes. With both of these, what is your general philosophy? My general philosophy and my entire niche and why people come to me from all over the world is natural results. I don't think anyone should look at anyone and say, oh, that person has their lips filled or that person has had work done, which is a double-edged sword, right, Robin? Because people walking down the street only notice someone who looks like an alien and they're like, plastic surgery is so bad. But if they see good work walking past them, they're like, wow, she's so beautiful. And then plastic surgery doesn't get the credit. So uh, our whole philosophy, whether it's invasive, non-invasive, skin skin, like everything, no one should know you had anything done. I want you to be able to tell your friends and family you came out to California, went to Joshua Tree, did a juice cleanse, and that's all you had. (laughs) I love that. And also like, I think I think the other philosophy, it's it's a combination. We don't age in one dimension. Mm -hmm. So for example, when I first started doing facelifts, I noticed that I thought I did a great job. And I'd be like, Farad, my husband, I was like, look, look at, look at what an amazing, um, she looks amazing, right? He's like, but she still has wrinkles and spots on her face. And I was <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> so the, the idea came into my head of making a bed. Imagine you go to a hotel and the sheets are tucked in, uh-huh. but they're stained and wrinkled. Yes. Right? Yes. So nobody wants to sleep in that bed. Yes. So I just, that's how I got into skincare and that's how I got into lasers because I said, you know what? Everything has to make sense. You can't have a young neck and old eyes. Yes. You can't have young eyes and old skin, so on and so forth. Or fat transfer into the face. You know, we deflate our skeletons shrink. We lose muscle and, and fat in the face. So you can't just do a facelift and not optimize the volume. So all of the, so that's kind of our philosophy is looking at everything as an entire unit, rejuvenating it as an entire unit. I just did virtual consults today before I came here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, patient uh, from Florida, she wanted, and also I'm known as the small breast queen. I love small breasts. So people come to me for small breast implants or fat transfer uh-huh. into the breast. So, um, but I, you know, she wanted implants and I said, okay, great, but we have to fix your skin on your chest. So much sun damage. So it's, I think having the best of both worlds, people know that you're not just, you know, a hammer and everyone's a nail. Mm-hmm. So if patients come to me for surgery, sometimes no, I'm like, you don't need surgery. All you need is this. And yeah. they're like, oh, thank you so much. Or they'll come in for something non-surgical and I'm like, babe, you've had 10 kids. You need surgery. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. yes. So it's, but usually I'll tell you, it's a combination of both uh-huh. modalities. Uh-huh. I love it. I, I have to tell you personally, I believe in lasers so much. Mm -hmm. And I've lived here now 21 years and I really started using laser therapy back in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And that was back when they were just beginning to create laser therapy machines, I guess. Yes. I've always referred to them as that. Mm -hmm. And I went to a dermatologist because I've always had Mm -hmm. problem skin. Mm -hmm. And I had a wonderful dermatologist there and his esthetician was just a doll and very smart. And I remember them calling me and saying, we're thinking of buying a laser machine. So they've brought one to our office and Mm -hmm. we get to keep it for two days. Mm -hmm. We'd love for you to come in and have a treatment. And it didn't go well because they got confused on the level (laughs) of streak they should use. Mm -hmm. And they really burned me, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or she did. Mm -hmm. And thank heavens, she started on my chest and my neck. And before she got to my face, I said, something's not right. Candace, I'm on fire. (laughs) I'm like on fire right now, so mm-hmm. I won't go into the whole story, but it turned out to be okay because I peeled and yes. the skin looked better, but I had to have treatment on it and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, even though I started out with that problem, I have always believed in lasers. Yeah. I think they're... they're and it's gone, like it's come such a long way and people don't um, know everything that's possible because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of places you go, they have one laser. Uh, or for example, in places where people tend to be more light skinned, they have a laser that should only be used on light skinned people. Mm-hmm. So when a person of pigment goes in, they use that laser and burn them or cause hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. or melasma to flare. So I think it's not a one size fits all. Yes. Yes. I, I was so impressed when you said you have, what, 30? Mm-hmm. 
I love that. <laughs> so, and what what is the basic concept of non-invasive laser facials? And so how does that work? Well, I think uh, the basic concept is we're trying to rejuvenate and we're trying to shove a bunch of collagen into the skin always. We start actually losing our collagen at 25. You know how we lose our eggs at 30? It starts going downhill. The collagen starts going at 25. So using proper skincare products with peptides and growth factors to turn on the circuit breakers for collagen and elastin formation as early as your 20s is really a gift. And it's hilarious. Women my age, the ones that their skin looks, you know, really good, their mom was an esthetician and worked for a plastic surgeon and told them to start in their 20s. So really you do want to start in your 20s to maintain. Uh, But again, it's just to get rid of fine lines and wrinkles. Now there's actual tightening modalities that work, which was like the holy grail. Um, And get rid of sunspots, you know, rosacea can be, redness can um, be treated very effectively now with uh, vascular lasers Mm -hmm. that attack the pigment of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something for everyone at this point. Uh, it's just finding the right one for you and uh-huh. maybe going to a provider that doesn't just have one uh-huh. and can tell you, okay, these both of these lasers can help you. This one has no downtime. So for actresses or people that are doing public speaking, no downtime, you'll need to do four to six sessions of this one. Or if you have two weeks of downtime, I can use this one. And it's kind of like one every two to five years. Yeah, I love so. that. So let me ask you this because- and tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, I believe, have always believed that it's never too early to start taking care of your skin, taking care of your health, taking care of your body, but especially we're talking about skin today. So let's Mm -hmm. focus on that. I think it's never too early to start taking care of your skin because I grew up in Texas where the sun is so hot and so damaging. And I had very fair skin Mm -hmm. I had red hair. I actually had red hair when I was very, very, very young and freckles. Mm-hmm. And so I knew better than to get out in the sun because one time I did visiting my grandmother and got so sunburned. I just cried like a baby and said a prayer to God that if you will take this pain away, I promise I will never get back in the sun again. Mm-hmm. And I never did. Mm-hmm. So I was the youngest of four sisters and um, my oldest sister had very fair skin Two of my sisters really enjoyed being in the sun. They did protect their skin. Mm -hmm. However, I really never got back in the sun because it was just so damaging and so painful. And so I still think about that time. I still remember thinking, oh, wow, I'm so glad I never got back in the sun and burned myself like that. And then I get to be 19 years old. I meet my husband, Philip. Mm -hmm. His sisters, he had three sisters and his mother would just bake in the sun. Mm -hmm. They would just go out in the backyard, just get on a blanket, no pool, no hose, nothing. They would just lay out there and just bake themselves in the sun because they really wanted that tan. Mm -hmm. And they regret it. They, years later, they said, oh, I wish we hadn't done this because I saw the damage it did to them. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to get at is I think you could even be in your teens and start taking care of not only your skin with skincare products, but also start taking care of your hormones, because I think that also plays a big part in it. So then if you start in your late teens, I am so glad to hear you say 20s is when you really should start focusing on skincare. And so I'm so happy to hear you say that yeah. You, you know, it's actually interesting. Young. You just gave me like a flashback to our test questions for the boards. Um, one of the test questions is what is uh, what gives you the highest chance or what has the highest affiliation with skin cancer as an adult? And the answer is a sunburn in, as a child. <gasps> so, yes, you don't want to be burning yourself. You don't want to be putting that oil on yourself and going no. in the backyard and tanning, no. which a lot of my patients, they're like, that's what I did. That's what people yes. did. Uh, but so I'm I mean, glad you're saying that because if you did do that mm-hmm. and now you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, right? Or tanning continue. beds. Tanning beds are yes. the worst. So another statistic that might be interesting is one tanning bed session increases your risk of skin cancer by 50%. <gasps> so you do not want to do tanning beds. I always say get a spray tan. Like worse uh-huh. comes to worse. Yes. Yes. Get a spray tan. Um, there's organic ones uh, or, you know, self tanner uh-huh. is another great option. But mm-hmm. please, please avoid burning yourself and also tanning beds. And that's interesting that those sessions you did in your 20s can come back to 
haunt you in your 50s, 60s, 70s. So continue to go and get your skin checked. Yes. Well, what are your favorite treatments for sun damage and age spots? Depends on the skin color and the skin quality. So for a person of uh, pigment like me or darker, mm-hmm. um, I would say PicoSure is an amazing one. It's no downtime. What it does is it's the same wavelengths as what I call like Caucasian lasers, uh-huh. uh, but it, it gives it in a picosecond. So instead of it going through your skin slowly and causing a burn and a peel, uh-huh. if you burn my skin, if what you'd happen to you on your chest happened to me, it would uh-huh. be brown for five years. Like oh, it would really? take forever to heal. So I always say lighter skin types, you can burn them. They turn pink and then it goes away and they look great. And they're uh-huh. like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but my skin type, you can't. So the way the picosecond lasers work is that they punch the skin, explode the pigment. We have macrophages, which are our natural janitor cells in our body. So I don't remember, like you remember from high school biology, there was that cell and came the ate the other cell. That's a macrophage. So they're constantly sca- scavenging the body for damaged heart cells, damaged liver cells, and you pass them, you know, naturally. Yeah. So we're just taking advantage of that mechanism, exploding those pigment, those cells and letting the macrophages over three weeks clean them out. So, and I love that laser because it's no downtime and there's no sun sensitivity. So, you know, when you're burned from a laser, they say, don't get in the sun, don't get in the sun. This, you can do it all year round. So some of our patients and it builds collagen too. So some of our patients just do it with their facial once a month, they come in every two months, they come in every three months, facial Pico sure. Wow. And so that that's a great laser. Um, another one that is fantastic and is a workhorse in my office is made by Cyton. Um, it's called the Cyton Jewel. They're the ones that have BBL on there, which is amazing for lighter skin types, hits reds and browns at the same time, has a blue light even for acneic patients to kill the bacteria that causes acne. It can hit superficial pigment and deep pigment that you haven't even didn't even know was there yet. <laughs> so that's a great one for lighter skin types. And it also has halo on there, which is very much like Fraxel, but doesn't it's not as painful and doesn't go all the way down to the fat. It just stays in the dermis, which is where you want to be. Um, Profractional is amazing for burns, for scars, acne scarring or scarring in general. Um, and the erbium laser. So that's another one, wow. Robin, that I think is really important. So everyone's heard of the CO2 lasers. Erbium is the newer generation of the same type of effect. So you're doing full resurfacing, but the risk of hypopigmentation of getting those like uh-huh. raccoon eyes uh-huh. or that white pigment around your mouth is a lot less with erbium. So a lot of Older plastic surgeons, for example, or older dermatologists have the CO2 technology, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think erbium is a, is a better, newer wow. reiteration of that. I have not heard of any of these. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am thrilled. We could go you... for months with oh, all the lasers. But that yeah. That is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So after you do the ones that you just talked about, because mm-hmm. you said no downtime. Mm-hmm. So uh, clients... the, the other ones do. The uh-huh. Pico sure doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one does. Yeah. I see. So if you do a laser that you say has no downtime, mm-hmm. so a, a client comes into your office, does the laser, mm-hmm. uh, uh, does the facial, treats their skin, and then they leave, mm-hmm. can they go home and put on uh, a concealer or yes. a, a makeup There's or no damage to uh-huh. the superficial layer of the skin, which is why it works so well for every skin type. Uh-huh. Um, you're about pink flushed looking like you worked out for about mm-hmm. 10 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's it. Um, and I always tell them the next day, those brown spots might be one shade darker because we just uh-huh. exploded them. Then it goes down, back down to looking like how it was. And you're like, wait a second, why did I do this laser? Nothing worked. Uh-huh. But it takes three weeks uh-huh. for your macrophages to clear out that pigment. Uh-huh. So I always say, put it in your phone, uh-huh. look, take a picture now, take it again in 21 days, look at the difference. And then we would retreat at 30 days. That's wonderful. Paste a plan ahead. If you have an special event, mm-hmm. you really want to look your best. It does mm-hmm. pay to plan Especially ahead. before a wedding. I hate it when brides yes. come in a week before their wedding and they're like, I need Botox and filler. Yeah. I'm like, you're going to be bruised for your wedding. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You want to yeah, plan Start ahead. six months before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day 
at sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So we do two things with every podcast. We started this right before our very first episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first one we do is the drink of the day. And when we do our drink of the day, the staff creates the drink of the day in honor of you and our topic. So this drink is called the skin shot. In honor of your skincare e-commerce shop, The Skin Spot, we're going to have a hydrating, antioxidant-packed wellness shot to keep our skin plumped and refreshed. So for all you listeners, just know I just picked up a shot glass that is ice cold. It has one aloe vera leaf, which you can get at Whole Foods, one tablespoon of lemon juice, six ounces of filtered water, and you take the aloe vera leaf and scoop out the gel with a spoon. Put this gel into a blender and add the lemon juice. Blend it well and gradually add water. Strain and pour into this chilled shot glass and shoot it. This recipe will make four shots. So cheers to cheers. you. I'm going to do that. Yum. <laughs> I think for it to be a true um, Sheila drink, it needs to have some caffeine in it. <laughs> I do too. I do too. But that was delicious it and was refreshing. Good. It was actually really good. So then lasers can also be used to remove hair and tattoos, correct? Mm-hmm. Can you talk about these fabulous treatments? Because I love the fact that all women have unwanted hair on their face and their body. I know that because I do. And I don't have tattoos that I want to remove, but if... A woman gets a tattoo and a fun time or a Mm -hmm. fun time of her life or a serious time, whatever, and then decides she wants it removed. You can do that. Yes. So I will tell you, I'm Persian. You are preaching to the choir about hair. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I think the things that people don't know about hair is you want to get laser hair removal when the hair is dark. Mm -hmm. So don't wait until your hair turns white because you're or you, you lose that option. So the laser hair technologies attack dark chromophores, dark pigment of the hair. So that's why blonde people can't do laser hair removal. Redheads really can't do it either. There's other methods, obviously, like electrolysis. But um, yeah, laser hair removal. I, and I hate that it's called removal mm-hmm. because it's really reduction. Mm. <laughs> We're mammals. And I think people have to understand that the hair a little bit will come back. So it is a maintenance thing. It's not something that you do six sessions and you're done for life. I see. It's definitely thinner. It's definitely sparse. But um, I think it should be called laser hair reduction uh-huh. if we want to be really accurate about it. There's also a newer technology that's microwave technology for the armpits called Mira Dry. And that one gets rid of 82% of your sweat glands and 70% of the hair, regardless of hair color, because it's not a laser attacking dark pigment. It's actually microwave technology that's been used in medicine for decades, but this is just a cosmetic application of it. So I actually, I was the first, I was the first patient. That's what I do. I like bring things in. And I remember telling my staff, Guys, I love this thing. It makes you not sweat, so you don't need deodorant anymore. And we're going to get a bunch of taxi drivers in here, but I'm getting it anyway. But it ended up, Robin, being the most beautiful, talented people coming in for this treatment. Because who doesn't want to sweat? It's people that are standing up in front of a crowd. Uh So corporate folk. 
actors, yep. models walking down a runway. They don't want sweat stains. So it was just like, sometimes the people were so attractive. I felt like I was staring into the sun. <laughs> so it was complete opposite of the patient population. I thought it was going to bring in, but it's really been such, I mean, some people hype, hyper and they have hyperhidrosis. This is a godsend for them. Wow, Others wild. just don't want to like, it's like laser hair removal. They don't want to shave or they don't want to put on deodorant anymore. They don't want to have to think about that. So, um, that's a really interesting technology that gets rid of sweat glands and wow. hair, regardless of hair color. So that's that. And then tattoos. Um, I'm very Jewish, so I don't have any, uh, but I end up being like the spokesperson for all these tattoo removal machines. So I feel like I'm doing God's work. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, the, the picosecond technologies do a great job of removing all pigment because traditionally greens and oranges were difficult. I will make two public service announcements regarding tattoos. Never get white tattoo ink because it has the equivalent of what's like gunpowder in it. And if you laser white tattoo ink, it will turn black. So really? if you are getting a tattoo that, okay, you know, think about it a lot, but okay, right. but just don't get any white pigment blended into it to create shading or anything, because really then you cannot do anything to remove it. Number one, slightly off topic, but you reminded me, I just want to tell people belly rings, belly button rings, when you get pregnant, it will look like a bucket handle. Ooh. So I'm just throwing that out there. I think they're super cute. I totally get it. But whether you leave the belly button ring in or not, when your belly expands, that little hole expands oh. and literally looks like a bucket handle and it's not cute. So if you can. Oh, that's so funny. I'm very visual so I can see that. Oh, that's so I just had to throw that in there. I love that you told that. Because I have to say, we've had so many people on the show that regretted getting tattoos once they got pregnant or once they had a baby, they had a tattoo that they took so many photos of them holding their baby or nursing their baby. And then there was that big tattoo. And I'm just saying they regretted it. They, came right. and they said, oh, I really regret. I have this precious little baby in my arms, a big old snake tattoo or, you know, Whatever. I think tattoo. those like little tiny ones, you know how a lot of people are doing like the little yes. very faint um, drawing or very faint cursive writing. Yes. Those are really easy to remove because they're not deep and it's not a ton of pigment. Yeah. Sometimes those come out with one session. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the older the tattoo and the less deep the ink and the less ink used, it comes out much more quickly really? than those like very colorful tattoos or fresh yeah. tattoos. Yeah. And going back to the laser hair removal, I'm going to tell a secret here. I, and we lived in Texas for so long, and I played tennis outside mm -hmm. in that heat. I, I never sweat. Mm -hmm. Now, what is that? Why, why is that? I never sweat? You do, but just not like, you know, crazy. And people yeah. have to understand that your entire skin organ sweats. It's just a few areas that we are bothered by it. Oh, the armpits, yes. the yeah. groin and the feet. I would never, I've never sweat in my armpits. Yeah. I've never worn deodorant. Yeah, that's amazing. You're it's blessed. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And I'm thinking, is there something wrong with me? No, nothing's wrong with you. I mean, you know, the, the glands in your armpit are only 2% of your body's sweat okay, glands. Okay. So getting, I get that question all the time with this yeah. procedure. Is it safe? Isn't it good to sweat? Mm. Yeah, you're still sweating from 98% of your skin okay. organ. I totally had hot flashes when I started the process of menopause. So I, I do know my body will mm -hmm. sweat and whatever, yes. but my armpits never did. Okay. That's such boring information, I know, but <laughs> so can you fill in your belly button piercing hole? No, you actually have to remove it. So whenever I do a mommy makeover and I'm doing a tummy tuck, I'll uh -huh. actually pull it down and just ellipse that <gasps> bucket really? thingy out. Yeah. Or if I'm not even just doing a tummy tuck under local anesthesia, you can cut it out, but then you'll have a, you know, a little bit of a scar, a little uh -huh. line of where uh -huh. it used to be. Wow. So you have to actually remove the piercing. We'll remove the piercing and then the, remove the bucket the, handle. The bucket handle, yeah. yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. Because I have, uh, I had pierced ears when I, of course, when mm -hmm. our first son, Jay, was born. And he, he's like 42 now. But mm -hmm. it, when he was 10 months old, he grabbed, grabbed one it. of my earrings. And uh, I have never had it fixed because they went into such detail about fixing it. They said, it's so easy, Robin. That. It's 15 minutes awake. You walk in, you walk out. Don't worry oh, about that. I'm going to have it fixed. Yeah, it takes two seconds. I, earrings are so... Uh, Okay. And we can't just get amazing skin without paying attention to skincare habits. Can you tell us about grass? G-R-A-S-S, -S, yes. grass. Talk about secrets to share with everyone. <laughs> yeah, so again, in your 20s and above, you want to be minimally 
on grass. So G is for growth factors. So these could be human-based growth factors, animal-based, plant-based. But basically, these are the ones we talked about that turn on the circuit breakers for you know, growing elastin and your own collagen. Now, I will tell you what I personally have found. You know, sometimes when you're using a shampoo and then you switch your shampoo, your hair looks so much better. Yes. And then you do that for a few months and then you go back and then- We did that yesterday. Yeah. So I feel like it's the same thing with growth factors. So I will actually go back and forth between two different products of growth uh-huh. factors. And I find like I get constantly a different glow yes. when my skin gets used to one. And then I can go back to the old one. Uh-huh. And most products have a two-year shelf life once you open them. So they're good. So you can, you know, go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but that's one secret retinols. So there's only two things in the whole entire world that are biopsy proven to reverse sun damage. Okay. Retinols and antioxidants. Uh-huh. So retinols are based on vitamin A. Um, there's products like Bucatiol that can actually minimize redness, but the secret to using retinol, everybody's like, what, which one should I use? What strength should I use? And yes. I always say the one you'll actually use. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cause if you use retinol every day and you're aversion to retinol, your, your skin is going to turn red, irritated. You're going to start to peel. So I always say, use it two or three nights a week, start mm-hmm. with the lowest dose, two to three nights a week. See if you're okay. Start do that for like a month and then go to four nights a week. Stay there for a while. And I always say me personally it took me seven months to be able to use retinol every night. Really? Then when you're at it, using it every night, then you can go up a strength. You don't have to. There's no like, this isn't like weightlifting that if you lift heavier, it's better. Right. As long as you're using it, you're, you're good. Uh, so that's retinol. We just came out with a retinol serum from my skincare line, which is incredibly moisturizing and really well tolerated by everyone. So that's our retinol serum. And how do you apply it? Literally, I would go for me, it depends on how many things you're using. I have like a 12 steps (laughs) regimen at Uh this point, but I always say thinnest to heaviest. So Mm -hmm. you're going to wash your face, start with the serums, go to maybe the gel like ones and then the creams at the end. But but with your hands. Yeah, with your hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You wash your face, your hands are clean enough. So you don't need to. I just ask this because I had a friend who was starting to use retinol Mm -hmm. and she did have a great reaction to it. So she had to be very careful and just do it once a week. Mm -hmm. And she put it on with her hands and her hands got irritated as well. Yeah. And if she, if she had dry hands, it can, it yeah. can really dry yeah. you out. It yeah. really, really can. So maybe she was using t- too, too strong much. of yeah. a dose. Okay. Cause sometimes people go to like the tretinoins mm-hmm. and they should have just started with like a 0.25 retinol, yes. but they'll jump 0.25. to like something 10 times yeah. stronger yes. than that. Cause they want to see major results, but you can't do that. Exactly. You can't do that. You got to work your way up. So the R is for retinols. Um, then you have the A mm-hmm. in our little grass word. So A is antioxidants. Now it could be vitamin C. It could be vitamin B based products products like it could be like niacinamide. Um, those are really brightening. They're also anti-aging. They're great for sunspots as well. Um, vitamin C, just to let you guys know, doesn't do well with acneic patients. So if you are prone to acne and you use a vitamin C product, you might break out even more. Oh, so that's when know. you want to go to the niacinamides, the vitamin Bs, um, or resveratrol, things like that. So just make sure you know that. Um, so that's that. And then green tea polyphenols are amazing. Using two yeah. for patients that are acne prone because it also takes down some redness. Uh, there's many options, yeah. um, but you wow. do want to be using an antioxidant. S is for sunscreen. Um, I always, you know, do recommend a physical sunscreen instead of a chemical sunscreen. Chemical sunscreens have now been shown um, that if you put it near your hairline, some of that hair can fall out. Um, but I love chemical sunscreens because they're like, they blend well, you know what I mean? So always in your makeup products, when it's like a little BB cream and has some sunscreen, they're going to use a chemical sunscreen because it just blends really well. Physical sunscreens tend to be a little bit more chalky or you have to sit sit there and blend it even Uh more. But because of all of the things I just told you, we have, you know, I like, I like physical sunscreens. I like it to be a little bit tinted. And the trick to them too is put on a moisturizer beforehand or put on your skincare regimen beforehand. They tend to blend a lot better. If you're just washing your face and putting sunscreen, a physical sunscreen on, it's going to look chalky. So, um, so that's, that's another secret, another tip. And then the last S is a specialty product. So it really depends on kind of what your skin needs. I have found a lot of luck with derm, our derm roller. We have a gold roller on the site. Um, and I like the gold. It's an antimicrobial. It lasts for at least three years. And every Sunday, what I do, this is my specialty, is I will roll out my skin, my neck, the back of my hands, my chest. I have a body roller. Oh, and I use it with a snail serum. 
So uh-huh. these snails are from Spain and the goo that comes out of them is very high in collagen. And so I'll actually smear it on and then roll it in and then smear on some more. Um, it does not hurt when you're doing it. It feels like a slight sunburn, maybe for like 15 minutes afterwards. Um, but everyone on Monday morning is like, oh my God, your skin looks so good today. <laughs> I love that. So that's it. I mean, and, and that was when really viral during the pandemic because, you know, all of our offices were shut down. So people were like, oh my God, I've been getting these treatments. I've been building on my collagen and now I can't do anything. So I went on, you know, my Instagram really started saying, this is the stuff I do. And people were like, thank you so much. God bless you. And, you know, so a lot of things can actually be done at home. So the way I like people to think about it is coming into my office, I'm your trainer. I'm going to push you harder. And, and use different equipment than you might have at home. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't work out at home. Uh-huh. So I always say it's, you know, help me help you. This is what we're going to do today. Here's what you're going to do in between treatments at home. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I'd love for you to talk about your nonprofit, the Nazarian Institute. Tell us all about that. Yeah. So I actually saw a huge need there. Um, I did, I was an economics major at Columbia University and I did the Marshall School of Business between general surgery and plastic surgery and had my second child. And so having gone to business school, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish somebody would have taught me business skills when I was young. Um, And so I started the Nazarian Institute because I didn't see any business skills being taught to physicians. It was almost like a dirty word, Uh but I feel like in order to have a profitable and successful practice, you need to know your balance sheet. You need to know how to do HR. You need to know how to lead and have leadership skills. You do need to get over your imposter syndrome. Uh, You do need to go into meetings with confidence and be able to speak the language of finance with people. That's so, so true. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? We're not getting taught any of that. So I started the Nazarian Institute and our conference is called Think Big. The big stands for branding, innovation and growth. We've had Tamara Mellon, who is the co-founder of Jimmy Choo keynote. We've had Chris Jenner keynote. We had Bethany Brilliant. Frankel keynote. But really all of our speakers were keynotes. And this is pre, pre-pandemic. We've actually taken it online now. People can sign up and watch the videos on their own terms at this point. But healthcare providers from every branch of medicine, um, from nurses to managers to doctors were coming in and it was literally keynote after keynote. I mean, people wouldn't even get up to go to the bathroom because every talk was so good. Yes. And what ended up happening, which was really interesting is the first day. Cause you know, like I'm sure as you started your podcast, it kind of morphs into what it wants to be. Yes. So the first day we were t- teaching a lot of you know, business branding, social media skills, all of that. The second day we were like, okay, how do you stop getting in your own way? Yeah. So it was a lot of personal growth and things like that. And every year we had someone come to us and say, you know what? I was, I was suicidal. I was burned out. And this conference saved my life, which is so strange because it was a business conference. We didn't set out to do that. So it was actually really something super beautiful. Um, When the pandemic hit, we took all of the previous lectures, took them online. It's under NazarianInstitute.org. And uh, people from all over the world can watch these videos on their own time. Oh, that's so wonderful. It was great. And we have new speakers all the time. <gasps> that is wonderful. The ones you've already listed are just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I can't brilliant. Wait. I brilliant can't women. Wait. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And we have male speakers too. It's yeah. for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And I agree with your theory behind it. It's just wonderful. You're right. You, you go to school and you're so busy learning everything you need to do to become a physician. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless you really are taken early on when you're young, and taught these things, yeah. but it's yeah. so important. Yeah, I heard you say a quote, success without fulfillment is failure. And I loved that. I'm really big on quotes anyway. Mm-hmm. I just gravitate towards them. I write them down. I have a file at home and whatever. I love quotes, especially when they really touch me. Mm-hmm. And I love success without fulfillment is failure. Yeah. So true. I tell my residents and my students all the time because they're so laser focused. And I was too guilty as charged, laser focused on my career. 
Um, and thank God I went to Albert Einstein College of Medicine, which is Yeshiva University's medical school. So half of the people in my class already had four kids by the time they were in medical school. I remember walking to class and seeing 20 kids chalk drawing on the floor. And I was oh. like, I'm behind. Like, oh. I need to put this on my to-do list. So I literally wrote down on my to-do list, get married. Uh-huh. And I told my family in New York and I'm Persian. So once you set out the bells that you're ready, you have five dates a week set up <laughs> for you with like doctor, accountant, oh. lawyer, you know, on, on, yes. on speed. I just would go out with everyone and um, stay friends with everyone. So they would invite me to their parties, even though if it didn't work out with them, maybe I could meet their friends, just spreading that net wide. Literally right there. That's such a, such a good secret. Put um, just put my, you know, tentacles in that spread that net wide. And finally, you know, met my husband and it was like super easy. We were engaged in three months. And (gasps) I, I, by the way, the guy who set me up with him told me, you know, you're in LA for a few weeks this guy, you'll have a good time, but he never wants to get married. That's how I was introduced. <laughs> oh, don't you love a challenge? Yeah, but I wasn't even, I was just like a yes. I was like, I'm going to say yes to everyone. I'm going to be nice to everyone. I'm going to stay friends with everyone and just get to meet as many people as possible That's because it really wonderful. is a numbers game. But and you to, were engaged in three months. Yes. But the point is Aww. coming back to your our quote is I think, especially people in my world, we get so caught up in career but you have to really look at you know yourself in 10 years, 20 years and say, what is going to fulfill me? And if that includes marriage or if it includes kids or if it includes anything else, you can't just expect that to happen. That's right. And I could have been the most successful plastic surgeon, but I would have been all alone, unhappy and bitter because to me, fulfillment includes a family. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so glad that I actually, you know, no matter how tired I was, I put on some lipstick. I went out to the club. I went out on those dates because I, I feel fulfilled. I love that. How long have you been married? Almost 18 years. I don't even know how. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Philip jokes all the time. Well, no, he's serious. And I say, that's not true, but it's kind of this joke that we go back and forth with. He said, on the first date, I walked him by a church. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of paused right in front of the church, he says, I did. And then I looked at him and said, how do you feel about marriage? (laughs) I said, it was not our first date. It was like our third date. But... I did want to know. I was very I was first. I'm not going to waste my time. I told my husband on the first date at Katana, right, like literally like it. five blocks down from here. Yeah. I told him, just so you know, I don't date anyone for longer than six months. I love it. Because like these women are dating these men for like a year, two years, three years before you know it, you're 50. That's like, right. I don't have time. Like I, yes, you I, will know. I thought he needed to know. Absolutely. I, I do want to be married and have children. How do you feel about marriage? That's great. Children. He did say he didn't want to ever have children, but I do. I knew better. I knew him. I knew his heart. I knew he would want I mean, to have same children. With me. I mean, I got hooked up with a guy to go out on a date that never allegedly wanted to get married. But he went home after the first date, called his sister and said, I'm marrying her. So there you go. I love it. We've <laughs> it been married 46 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's so amazing. I knew. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you know, but. That's so wonderful. And you have two children. We have three children. We have three children. Yeah, I have a 15-year-old girl, 14-year-old boy, and 11-year-old girl. Congratulations. Thank you. We're, we're deep in it. We're deep in the teenageness of yes, it all. Yes, you are. <laughs> That's so fun. So can you tell us about anything exciting coming up? Oh my gosh, I feel like I, I still haven't taken my little moment um, to reflect on 2023. You yes. know what I mean? Um, no, we have conferences coming up. I'm actually going to Egypt in May. <gasps> I'm going to Turkey in October. Um, we're going to Korea for and Japan for three weeks in the summer. My daughter, my 15-year-old, actually speaks fluent Korean. <gasps> she taught herself over the pandemic. Really? So she got accepted into one of the universities there. So she, so we're all going to Korea. Um Congratulations. So this is good stuff. You know, I just think we, you know, we did the Netflix show. We did all of that. And I think what the pandemic showed me and as I was, I remember I was sitting in my, you know, home office, I was looking at the view and I said, I did it. Like, why am I running so fast still? Like I have this beautiful house. I'm, I'm never in it. Yeah. You know, I sleep here basically. So I just, I realized, you know, the kids, especially as you know, the teenage years, I think they need you the most. Uh And I I still do stuff, you know, I still do fun stuff like this. We have the Mm -hmm. podcast. I do a lot, but really I think the most important thing is being a mom and being home with your kids. So even, you know, I'm speaking in Utah, um, in a couple of weeks, they're coming with me. 
Like that's so exciting. <laughs> I try to involve them. I try to take them with me every everywhere I go, and I try to work from home as much as I can. Oh, so I'm operating about two days a week. Um, I do virtual consults from home. I do all the podcast stuff usually from home, yes. and I'm in clinic once a week. So it's great. I think I have a great balance right now. And everybody always says that, right, to you. You can have balance, but not all at once. I disagree. I think that that's true in your 20s and maybe your 30s, but in your 40s, you really are your own master of your own ship. Mm -hmm. You can time anything out however you want. Mm -hmm. And really, you can have it all at the same time. It just takes a minute to get there. I love it. I love that you say that because Mm -hmm. I believe it. I agree with you. So on this podcast, as I said earlier, I decided before we ever started the podcast, I wanted to do two things. Mm -hmm. We've done our drink of the day. Now it's time for us to do the game of the day. Okay. Because I love playing games. I love having fun. Mm -hmm. And what better time after speaking of your three children and how much fun you are having with them now, Mm -hmm. uh, let's play our game of the day. And this game also was created just for you and our topic today. And the name of the game is Skin Decision. Okay. (laughs) In honor of your Netflix series, Skin Decision, Before and After, we're going to play a game where we need to make some choices. I'm going to read off two skin healthy options, and we both need to pick the one skin decision that we can't live without. Okay. Now, as I said, my staff here are brilliant and they come up with the drink of the day and they come up with the game of the day. So I have not seen this. So I want you to know I'm not cheating. (laughs) So number one, retinol or vitamin C? Do you want to go first? Gosh, it's like saying air or water. I I would say for most people, I think retinol is for everyone. So I'm going to go with retinol. Okay. I'm so glad that we're playing this together because you're the one that knows everything about skin. I, when we talked about this earlier, I jumped. I'm going to say vitamin C. I think it's so interesting that you said acne prone skin should not use vitamin C because I grew up with acne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some flare up sometimes, so I'm, but I'm still going to say vitamin C. Okay. They're both really important. Can't go wrong. Okay. Number two, nuts or seeds? Nuts or seeds? Well, nuts can cause acne breakouts. I love nuts though for me. So I would say seeds are more for everyone. But if you don't break out, I mean, I love my almonds. So that's so, I, I'm glad to hear that nuts, all nuts can make you break out. Is that true? Well, walnuts wow. can and oh. almonds. Um, well, and it's so funny because for the longest time, it doesn't mean you are now, you know what I mean? I just, uh-huh. we like to say, you know, like an acne diet. Uh-huh. And it's so funny because for the longest time, you know, your grandma would say, don't eat chocolate. You can break out or yeah. like, yeah. don't do yeah. this. True. This can happen. And for the longest time I was like, oh my gosh, it's so not true. And then they came out with studies that are like, okay, maybe, oh, maybe a little bit <laughs> so. of truth. Well, I'm going to say also, I'm going to say seeds. I do love almond butter, uh, and I think it's okay for me because I don't break out because of my almond butter, but I do know I cannot have peanut butter, Mm -hmm. and I ate peanut butter growing up. I was addicted to it when my pregnancies, but I did some major tests, and uh, I cannot have peanut butter. It is the worst thing for me Mm. and my skin and my digestive issues. So seeds, yes. Okay. Okay, number three. Washing your face in the morning or washing your face at night? Oh, I would say definitely washing your face at night because you got to get all that pollution, sunscreen, um, makeup, all of that off. I'm definitely guilty of coming home some days and face planting into my bed. (laughs) So what I do is we have these um, cleansing pads Uh um, and I just keep them on my bedside table. So if I, you know, sometimes you just don't want that cold water on your face right before you're about to go to bed or you've been watching TV and you're just dozing off. I'll just grab some of that and at least... I'm not saying it's a substitute because using those pads every night can actually dry you out. But I think it's a great option to have in your gym bag or in the car or at the bedside table just in case. Well, I completely agree with you. I'm picking washing your face at night. Uh, I have always I do my own makeup for the camera and I know I wear a lot of makeup. I totally believe in that grime that you face picks up during the day and I, like I said earlier, I have three older sisters and they just 
preached my whole life. Never go to bed with that wash at your face. And so I can say I have never gone to bed without cleaning my face. I can't say the same. I it wish is I something could. that's ingrained in my brain. It's like I look at the clock and I have to schedule my ritual of cleansing my face. So yes, I do it every night. Number four, laser facials or traditional facials. I mean, I know you're going to say laser facials. I mean, I think it depends, you know, you're not going to do a laser facial every month, but certainly, um, you know, one of my estheticians used to call it emptying out the trash cans, you know, cleaning out those pores, getting those extractions once a month really makes a difference. It really does. I say both. I say both because I was going to say laser facials because you can do your own facial at home, but really you cannot. I think everyone should have a professional facial once in a while. Yes. Okay, so let's say both on that one. (laughs) Number five, eye cream or night cream? Oh my gosh. You know what? I'm going to say eye cream and I'll let you know why. Why? Because night creams, you know, are typically moisturizing creams. Mm -hmm. If you are using the right products with the right regimen, you should, I mean, this is going to like blow everyone's mind. You shouldn't actually need a moisturizer if you're using the right products. So if you're using a moisturizing antioxidant or moisturizing retinol or a hyaluronic acid serum, you're, you, you shouldn't actually need a moisturizer. Now, just statistically, because I'm a business person, moisturizers is the number one selling skincare product in the country. So everyone's saying, or, but they come to me, how many times have I heard, I don't know why my skin got like this. I use the moisturizer every day, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, but you need something active in there. So like Nazarian skin, our moisturizer has antioxidants in it, yes. you know? So you want things that are doing double, triple, quadruple duty for you. So if you are only using a moisturizer, at least make sure it has antioxidants in it. Yes. Or for example, our body cream has a touch of retinol with antioxidants in it to get that crepey skin gone. So I think it depends, but really if you're using the right skincare products, guess what? You shouldn't need a moisturizer. That is, I totally agree with you. And uh, like, I actually don't use a moisturizer. I have other products that I believe in, like a dry oil uh, face oil mm-hmm. that I just live by, serums. Because mm-hmm. um, the serums are really moisturizing. Yes. If you're using the right things, yes, yes. you shouldn't need a moisturizer. I don't now, have a moisturizer that I use. Or maybe sometimes during the winter time, like we go to Tahoe all the time, uh-huh. I will take a moisturizer with me and like layer it on like frosting. Uh-huh. Love that for me. I almost call it like a moisturizing mask. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, on a day-to-day, you shouldn't need one. But do you know what? If I actually forget or just don't bother with an eye cream within two days, maybe if like, if we're traveling and I forget to pack it, I can tell I haven't had my eye cream Same. on. Same. I have not used my eye cream in a, in a while. Mm-hmm. So eye cream, hands down eye yep. cream. Okay. Last one. Flavored water or sparkling water? Oh my gosh. I love um, sparkling water. Um, I, I will say I cannot have plain water. I'm the most dehydrated like aesthetic expert you will meet. <laughs> Interesting. So I actually, um, I love kombucha, uh-huh. um, flavored kombucha or sparkling water, uh-huh. but I, you won't find me drinking plain water. Interesting. Well, sadly, that brings us to the end of this episode. But before we wrap up, I need to ask you one final question. And we talked about this even before the podcast started, but this podcast is all about sharing secrets, life-changing secrets maybe that you've heard from maybe your grandmother, your mother, friends, whatever, but a secret that has changed your life that I would love for you to share with the listeners. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think all the crazy stuff I tell my students. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I will tell you. The secret that I've come to learn almost most recently is, and I think is very relevant right now in the current climate, is you can never get canceled if you're speaking from a place of love and to your core values, and if you don't give in. So you can only get canceled if you submit to it. And um, I am very loud. I feel like my parents brought me to this country, the beautiful land of free speech. And I think a lot of people are self-silencing themselves right now, which is such a shame in America. And so you'll find me on my Instagram saying everything I want, whether it comes to religion, politics, uh, skincare, hypocrisy within my industry or outside of my industry, because I think it's such a gift. And my parents didn't risk everything to bring me here to shut up. Oh, 
That is beautiful. That was very, very profound and true. And thank you so much for sharing that. My pleasure. That was wonderful. And speaking of your social media, your Instagram, and I know everyone is wanting to go to it and read everything you have to say. I have chills just thinking about it. Please tell the listeners where to find you on social media. So my major, I have many Instagrams, one for surgery, one for spa. Um, There's many, but the main one is at Dr. Sheila Nazarian. It's D-R-S-H. So that one's my main one. I do want to plug my new podcast too, called The Closet. Our first guest was May. Megan McCain. Our second guest was Nate Bazulik from Vampire Diaries. Um, and we have Yomi Park coming up soon, who is one of 300 North Korean defectors with an amazing story that will make you feel so grateful to be in America. Um, and so, you know, getting amazing people. And just yes. like you, I like to have meaningful conversations and to talk about all the things. Whether I agree with their perspective or not, we can learn from each other and nuanced conversation has to come back. So that's, those are my two main ones. Oh, I love it. And I hope you heard that. Her podcast, tell them again, the name of your podcast. It's called The Closet. And you do it where? In my closet. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I cannot wait for everyone to tune in. It's going to be amazing. Every one of them. I know, I know, I know it. I just know it. Secret Squad, as always, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for more from this episode. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.